Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. So what happened at Arby's today? They, they took my favorite item off the menu. They took. The, oh, yes. Start. What item was that? The chicken uh, Mediterranean wrap. It's basically okay. chicken with like, I, I think it's a Ziki sauce and banana peppers and, you know, like what you would expect with that. Yeah. I'm not much of a wrap guy, but sounds good. Yeah. Um, but well, anywho, I hadn't really, yeah, oh, hadn't really eaten much all day. And I knew we were going to be recording around seven. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get some Arby's. It feels mm-hmm. like an Arby's night, as David mm-hmm. Putty would say. Yeah. And I'm on the way and it's a little dark, but not too bad. Get there. The line's long. And within a few minutes, it just starts storming like crazy, like big bolts of lightning downtown. Like I can see into downtown Cincinnati, Mount Adams. So I'm like, in Bellevue, basically yeah, yeah, like yeah. adjacent to the river. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I know where you can kind of see into that. Yeah. Like, oh, and yeah, I'm yeah, texting that'd... you like, hey, I might you know, be late. This is taking forever, blah, blah, blah. And then within like I get my order in and within three minutes, the power went out like in the whole block like for probably several blocks. Like I heard it was out of my brother's house, which is not close, but still in Bellevue. Yeah. So then I'm driving back to Newport where I live. Traffic lights are out. I'm like, oh, fuck. Now will it be out at our house? Can we even record? Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, stoplights are on into Newport. And I'm like, okay, okay. I guess I'm going to get Burger King. Yeah. And I roll through. I see the lights are on. And I roll through the drive through And they're like, sorry, sir. There's been a power shortage in the area. And How- we're no longer processing orders. Shortage. So that means like the power is on enough for them to talk through that. Correct. But 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 perhaps the power is not on to like heat the deep fryers. Yeah. You know, like so, that's the implication, you know. So now I'm like over oh, two. I'm starving. I got to yeah. eat before we record. Fortunately, there's that Penn Station, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in between all this and very close to my house. Uh-huh. I see lights are on. People are going in. Fortunately, they were able to take mm-hmm. and process my order. But it was a crazy storm, dude. Like, I, it was, uh, yeah, very lightning riddled, loud crashes of thunder. Crikey. Well, especially considering this heat wave, you know, like, like yeah, it was supposed to be really, really shit. hot around here the next few days. Oh, yeah. It was got up to like 89 today. Yeah, it's going to be like high 90. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it, Today was easily the hottest day of the year, bar none. Oh, um, for sure. But, but one more thing before we play our theme in, I had a thought this weekend that I thought I would share with our uh, global audience. Please. Uh, so, um, you, have, you know, the speak, speakeasy bars, right? You know, like yeah. the modern ones that you go into and they have like, you know, the like, like they're oftentimes hidden. They don't have a sign, you know. Yeah. Like, do, do you, you ever thought anyone ever walks into one of those and thinks, man, I bet prohibition really fucking sucked. <laughs> like i bet it did <laughs> like seriously yeah it made it it was fucking hard but yeah. i'm sure the i'm sure the adventure of it made it exciting oh know? yeah yeah well the thing is like you know you have to be involved with organized crime because those are the people For who made sure liquor. yeah Absolutely. and um, i bet the drinks weren't very nice either i bet the drinks were oh, pretty pretty just rough. slop yeah just, just or just straight just oh, no yeah. mixer you yeah, know hard, hard, yeah hard to think in this country there were like four years you know like like where you just couldn't like buy booze at the store yeah i wonder what life was like i don't know ask mike you ready let's do it 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to the Brain Buster Boys, episode 69. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Randall. Hey, hey, uh, I think I maybe said this in a previous episode, but um, 69, like it's obviously associated with sex, right? Um, mm-hmm. A sex act, if you will. Mm-hmm. 69 yeah. a pretty, it's a, pretty good one. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, motherfucker's a verb, you know, and an and. <laughs> Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. yeah um, but and, uh, and, a, and a number. And a number. But it also to me looks like googly eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see like, that. Like I, yeah. Like like for example, I-69 in Indianapolis. I um when I was leaving fish, I drove past that and I could see the road sign. And the 69 was just done in such a way where I'm like, that looks like a pair of googly eyes. And your eyes were probably pretty googly after three days of fish. Oh yeah, no, they were, but uh you know, it was a and little we- easy, it was easier to stomach. Have we what? I was going to say, we haven't recorded since you've been there. We've no. been in like a mini break. It's like been, what, 11, 12 days. So, yeah, tell us your, like your fish capades. Uh, you know, it was um, I came to find out like like I, I since this was like my first big like multi-day festival in a few years, like I kind of compared it with like what the forecastle experience was a lot. Yeah. Um, much older crowd. Uh, like like you get there a little like a little less physically taxing on the body. Like forecastle, like we were there, like you know, we had a group of ten people, but they were like, and you're running around, you're running around, oh and yeah, it's an all day thing, yeah, and then we're walking like a mile to the bar yeah. after it's over, yeah. like 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 seriously a hike for sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, and like you know, it's a big group, but there's like three or four subgroups within the big group, you know, so it's like you know, kind of a large, much larger coordinated then, thing then you may lose your id and credit cards oh my perhaps. god so, t- today i got my debit card back for the first time since that friday doesn't that seem there like a long go. time ago it really does it really yeah. does yeah okay yeah. so fit back to fish no which i want to say i want to be clear you did three nights of fish yes, consecutive in indianapolis what was the name of the venue uh it is now called the ruoff music center but it's commonly okay. referred to as deer creek it okay. pours itself out to corporate names you know yeah um, I, I feel you yeah pretty much i would make fun of it uh, uh, unless it were the manscaped music center That'd oh of course cool. that place would be dank yeah um but <laughs> but yeah i mean it was a pretty good time you know i knew about like i w- was far and away the you know least fan of fish out of everybody there and yeah. three of the people there had seen them like multiple times, you know, of course, my cousin, yeah, I've, had, I've got friends. buddies that like follow them on tour each year for oh, yeah. like a six, seven stops, but, whatever. But, yeah. But I don't know if you've never seen, but you would have loved it. Like, I feel like, you know, I like, haven't, I but yeah, I, I like it. I like fish well enough. They're not someone I listen to much, but yeah, I'm sure yeah. their shows yeah, are yeah. a blast. Yeah. And I walked away from that, not like listening one. I like, I walked away from that, not being like, oh man, I'm going to listen to fish all the time now, but Man, like Trey Anastasio is like probably one of the best guitar players in the world. And like seeing them three days, you really get to see that. Like versus seeing one show where they're like, oh, we need to play like these songs. All the hits. Yeah. Yeah. And like Friday night, man, was a very like heavy, aggressive guitar show. Um, You know, we were very excited that night. You know, we kind of, you know, you know, my, my cousins are in their or my cousin Chris and his buddies, they're like 40, you know, so they were like, let's hang back. And, you know, I'm not that far away from that, but I still was like, let's go down to the front and check it out. And we yeah. went down as far as we could. And then we came back and, you know, it was, um, it was a nice thing. Uh, oh man. Uh, I, so uh, pretty much I drank, I would say probably six to eight beers there yeah. and I would drink half of it. 
because they would get piping hot. Oh, everyone pipers, dude. Yeah. yeah were yeah, they yeah. big ones too? Yeah. 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 They were, oh, they were tall, yeah. 24 yeah, ounce oh. finish, finish half. And then like, I would throw it away like every time. Um, but no, it's not buying two. Damn it. I know. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, those big ones, they'll pipe on you real quick. They, they, they would. Um, but, uh, no, I don't know if you've ever been to that venue. It's a decent venue, you know. I it's haven't. A, no, it, it's about twenty to thirty minutes north of Indianapolis. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, like it, it, it's it's pretty well built for that. You know, it's just a big outdoor thing. Uh, but no, like it was a good time. You know, Fish plays like a lot of good covers. You know, they opened up a set with "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." Um, and they also covered Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin, nice, which I yeah. swore I would turn to uh, the, uh, Zach, my friend Zach, who was with us. And I was like, you know, at the very beginning of Good Times, Bad Times, the bana, da, da, you know, with the drums. Yeah, yeah. I turned to Zach and I was like, oh, it's War Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, it's so pretty, sim- pretty similar yeah. beginning, though. Yeah. And I was just <laughs> that was just. <laughs> <dead wrong. laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm glad it was Good Times, Bad Times, because I think that song's better than War Pigs personally. Um, but no, uh, definitely would re- would recommend even for non fans to go to go check it out if you're you know if you're somebody who just likes guitar music, you know, yeah, um, it's pretty easy to sort of lose yourself and kind of get with it, you know, like and, it, like it does drugs, yeah, and drugs. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's I'm not easy. saying you did, I'm not saying you did any, but I'm saying if you like them, I'm sure you'd probably like fish. Oh yeah, 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 for damn sure. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, you know, it was uh, pretty easy to get into. Like, I remember seeing like string cheese incident at Forecastle, and I remember getting, oh, bored. yeah, like, like I was like, there. And like, at like the two thirds mark, I remember just being like, okay, just like, is this the same song over and over? Yeah, yeah. But Fish isn't like that. Like, there are tiers of jam bands, and like, oh, for you know, sure, in the S tier for like, Humphreys McGee, similarly, like, I think they're fucking sick and have seen them a number of times and do a lot of covers and yeah. can rock pretty hard. But yeah, yeah I feel you. <laughs> Speaking of concerts, we haven't talked about this recently. Steely Dan is playing here Thursday night at oh. Riverbend. What <laughs> I know that snuck up on me. Like, I remembered hearing about it either, like, last December, January, and just thinking, like, oh, yeah, that'll be tight, and kind of forgot about it, and it's this Thursday, so Uh, I'm, like, gonna, no, I I requested off once I realized this, like, last week, and just forgot to tell people. I may consider going, because I may not have to work this Friday, just depending. Talk to Sanford. I think him and Chris might be coming up, so. Oh, that'd be awesome. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of full circle here uh, with uh, my Steely Dan obsession kind of happening. Uh, what was it? Was it right when this podcast started, or the, no? It was like the it was next. Well, well, no, it was yeah, because it yeah, was we, that we, first New Year's we Eve. A, yeah, we had a big conversation about it on the road trip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so that's Thursday, and it's going to be fucking ninety-seven degrees here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even at like nine p.m., it's still supposed to be like eighty-one. Yeah. Wow. But anywho, sweat. Yeah, Steely Dan. So um other than that, um, I guess we should say what we're gonna be doing here. I've got a yeah, yeah, couple yeah. more things to get in before we kind of switch them. gears, but um <clears throat> after our little mini break here, and as we've just kind of 
continued to evolve and do different things here. Yes. Uh, and we haven't done a narrative story in God since November. Here, like, I, I, time I, I, has I want to tell, tell the audience it's cooking, you know. I, I'm, yeah, I, it's cooked, uh, it's percolating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I'm working on it. Um, and as we discuss our favorite characters in this, you'll you, you know, you'll kind of find I'll kind of explain, you'll, you'll, you'll figure out why, you know, this one has been exceptionally um, rewarding and both challenging to write. Um, so we'll talk about that. Yeah. But it's so, uh, yeah. So we're going to be cooking, but it's been nice to not do that too. Cause we've admittedly cut back on the editing and frankly, just kind of had a lot more smoother process. We've had a lot of guests, a lot of friends talking about different shit. Gene Okerlund's bat, or excuse me, fucking uh, Gene Okerlund's bat. That's the next one. <laughs> Jack, Happen, yeah, happens Jack a week Tunney's. later. Yeah, I mean, we, I regretted after we recorded that that we forgot to mention Tunney's nickname being the Hammerhead. Really? <laughs> it was just in his Wikipedia page. I think I texted it to you. It was for like his rash decision making or something. Oh yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it was just... like a kayfabe nickname, but it just geeked me out. Yeah. the hammer the hammerhead jack doesn't Tunney. seem very decisive but whatever <laughs> no anywho uh so we are going to be ranking our favorite brain buster boys characters in our lore um which again has been absent all of this year but uh was a huge part of the first part of our show for sure yeah um and we had so much fun and we'll continue to have so much fun and Got to work with and meet so many wonderful people that we're still friends with to this day. But uh, also these characters kind of became a part of our lives, especially yours, you know, leading the charge and writing them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, and my whole list is from this, per, the writing perspective, too. You know, yeah. that's that's why it was pretty uh, like, you know, like I, I feel like I've like this list has been latent in my brain. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I've just been able to be like, yep, there it is. That's you know, kind of why, you know, when we were just thinking of ideas, it's like, this, will, this is kind of a way to bring back the narrative piece or for people, you know, who didn't really listen to our show back then can kind of get a glimpse into, you know, some of the wild and wacky things we got into. Here. Sure. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's coming back, you know, uh, like 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 narrative fans uh, like Bishop, uh, you know, <laughs> hold on. I did. He's uh he's taken an absence from podcasting actually. Right. I forgot to tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I no, you did tell me that. I believe. Okay. I, I knew that. We we hope you're well, Bishop. Yeah, yeah, we hope you are. Uh but yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun and we will just quickly recap Dynamite which was at this point 5 days ago. But we are on the road to Forbidden Door uh which is going to be amazing. So, um and before that, switching to just a touch of New Japan talk real quick, um, I mentioned to you, I ended up watching their big show Dominion mostly live, like Saturday night into Sunday morning, which I rarely do. Yeah. But it actually started at 1 a.m. Mm -hmm. Eastern time as opposed to like five or four, which is kind of typically what it is. Yeah. Um, so that was if I worked till like 1130, went to the bar for a few drinks and was just like in a good place. And mm -hmm. uh Kind of zoned in and out a little bit, but was wide awake for the main event, which saw, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen, if you live under a rock, the Switchblade Jay White defeated Kazuchika Okada to become the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, and frankly, one of the best and biggest stars in wrestling today. It's just time to say it. I'm writing an article about it right now. Stay tuned on thesportster.com. 
But yeah, and the match was incredible. It was some of the best heel work, like shit talk during a match. Like yeah. you haven't like Chris Jericho was like a king of this back in the day when he would like have a submission on and be like, ask him, ask him, ref. Kevin Owens always really good at kind of the in-ring shit talk, but he was just chirping at Okada the whole time and getting in his head. And it was unbelievable. 36 minutes. It seemed perfectly set up for Okada to win it. And he reversed the Rainmaker into his Blade Runner hold for the win. And it was unbelievable. And he got the crowd to cheer at the end, which as I've told you, it's been all clapping, which there's been like so many rumors of, they're going to be able to cheer. It was supposed to happen at Wrestle Kingdom. Then at the best of the Super Junior Finals. Hasn't happened. Obviously, people naturally make noises reacting yeah, yeah, to yeah. stuff. But of like, course. he want, And as he would come out, he'd egg people on. He's like, say something! Mm-hmm. And he told this story about how that was the building where he left before he went on to Excursion and how Osaka felt like his family. And he's like, well, if you're my family, you should be happy for me. Cheer! cheer and it was unbelievable and people just started yelling woo yeah. which hasn't happened and then he proceeded to call out hangman adam cole the laundry list of people just shit talking them it just cut two amazing promos after this but anyway incredible jay white on top of the wrestling world he's been saying he's the catalyst of professional wrestling and it has been proven yeah he's just amazing um, yeah I know uh, on Dynamite, but the pending result of that match was referenced, right? I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because um, obviously someone, or it seems like someone from AEW is going to challenge now Jay White for the IWGP title. Yeah. Might, might be hangman which would be very cool because they they had a big bit of a feud back in 2018 in new japan so there'd give, be some call back there give hangman something to do um and it's just a short-term thing because obviously yeah. we're 13 days away at this point so yeah. it's going to happen quick i imagine this week's dynamite will certainly solidify a lot of the build but we had uh zach saber jr who i've told you is the 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 technician, the pretzel guy who twists you up into a pretzel, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of my favorite wrestlers. He called out Brian Danielson, um, which has been long been a dream match for folks. So what's likely we'll get to see that. Um, but yeah, very, very excited for Forbidden Door. Have we, if you were called Zack Sabre Jr.? No, but we really should. And we, yeah, it's yeah. been a minute since we've, we've if done recall, that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Both those thoughts <laughs> yeah. dawned on me. Yeah, that, that'll be time. a, uh, yeah, several, several great matches yeah. from, of him to pick from, especially this year and last, too. Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely put that one on the list. Yes, um, and then I just want to mention I watched uh, Noah and DDT, which are two Japanese companies that are kind of joined by the same parent company. Uh-huh. And Tokyo Joshi Pro, a women's promotion, had a big joint show on the same day as Dominion called Cyber Fight Festival. And I bring it up because it was like so grandiose Mm -hmm. and like there were so many like dancers and performances for the entrances, like WrestleMania or bigger type shit. Wow. It was just like create like dancing dinosaurs and dancing robots and lasers was like. I was blown away. Um, wow. The show itself was pretty good, but like just the presentation was, you know, unlike anything you really see. So we'll have to, I'll have to show you some of that shit too. Cause it was just wild. And like, just watching the entrances alone, you'll be like, this is wrestling. It's yeah. just fucking just, sick, just kooky. So. I wonder if they yeah, took so a been... page out of D- Jurassic world dominions book. Cause uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I there's know, been a lot of that, you know, sprinkled. I did not know that was the same name of that movie until that day. Yeah. And I texted Tom yesterday, I think. I'm like, did you watch Dominion? He's like, no, not New Japan or Jurassic Park. <laughs> I'm like, God damn. Did that come out like this weekend, I guess? I believe so. I believe okay. it came out. It made a lot of money. Like somehow people still want to go see like Jurassic Park. Was it Chris Pratt again? Uh, yeah, well, it's him and the original cast so it's like their avengers mm. end game okay you know? yeah yeah so it's That's like their, their big blowout um it's been very poorly reviewed like, really? like it, it's been okay. lambasted um, i was unaware but it's made a ton of money that along with the new top gun um yeah which i've heard good made. things about oh yeah i've heard nothing but good things about that yeah i don't really go to or watch many movies these days but like you know, that's one that whenever it's able to stream or whatever, I'll watch it. Yeah, that's how I feel about Top Gun, too. Probably won't see it in a theater. And yeah. I would want to watch the original again because it's been a very long time. Since oh, I've yeah. Yeah. But yeah, fun stuff. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. You got anything else on your brain before we get into this? I guess we'll do the characters before Dynamite because we'll just kind of do a quick little discussions again since we're far removed from it. Sure. You got anything, or shall we roll? Roll. roll. Keep rolling, rolling back. Scott Rowland. Gentlemen and ladies, Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Mm-mm, little daddy magic. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right, yeah, this right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off at free shipping with the code BBB at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. Yeah, his dad bod's got a mouth that, that talks that will thank you. Um, but Manscaped is designed with fathers <laughs> in mind. And the Performance Package 4.0 is here just in time for your pop special day. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviner toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold his goodies. That's a heck of a package. Yeah, yeah, it's that's a good package for goodies. Uh, first off, let me say, let me let me say by starting, <laughs> <laughs> the Lawnmower 4.0 will be the official MVP of Father's Day because that fourth generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce screaming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The mm-hmm. Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight he needs for a more precise shave. Zip. Does your dad use the same trimmer for his body and face? Ew. Let's throw out the let's uh, let's throw out the window. <laughs> let's 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 take the window off the hinges and throw it, along, it. Al- along with that and give him the upgrade he deserves. Uh, but wait, there's more. Oh. Manscaped. Yeah, I didn't. I had no idea there would be more. But there's no. It's in the bullets. Uh, Manscaped just launched their brand new boxers 2.0 that are, dare I say, the best boxers ever. 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 Probably. In general. Yeah, in general. <laughs> um, well, we all know dads love their comfort, but some are just around the corner. The boxers 2.0 are here to save every father from the uncomfortable heat, especially if you live around the swamp ass area we live. Um, mm. Anywho, these new boxers are packed with revolutionary features, including the jewel pouch, 
Oh, yeah. Designed to cradle his boys in their own special space. This right here is a game changer. Mm. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, or golfing in the sun, the three things dads like to do. <laughs> moisture wicking boxers. Ooh, moisture wicking stuff's pretty nice. Uh, breathe yeah. without breaking a sweat. But dads, wow. buy this. Dads, buy this for yourself. Sons, buy this for you and your dad. Ladies, buy this for your man and your dad. And dog daddies, you deserve this treat too. <laughs> cat, cat dads, cat dads, you can piss right off. <laughs> but what you can do is get 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping. Where? You know, manscaped.com. And use the code BBB. Shake what your mama gave you? Nah. Shake what your daddy gave you. Yeah. And if you do, your balls. Well, thank you. Salud. All right. Well, before we get into our BBB character analysis, something we forgot to mention in the intro that was big news today, unfortunate news, but um, that Jeff Hardy got a DUI um, overnight, and um, it's his third, I believe, had like 0.28 blood blood alcohol, like really high, I think suspended license, something like that. You know, he's certainly had some issues like this in the past um just hope he can get better and straighten things out because it kind of seemed like he was but obviously you never know um, isn't that so why he got why he parted ways with wwe or yeah i mean happened? allegedly i mean no one really kind of know like matt hardy seemed to debunk that but i mean now this yeah. happening who knows so you know it sucked you know taking the characters the hardys out of this because obviously you know we've not shit talked them, but haven't been the biggest fans of AEW pushing them and whatnot. But uh, this sucks because they were supposed to be in the ladder match this week with the Bucks and Jurassic Express for the titles. And as much as we don't need Matt Hardy doing crazy or Jeff Hardy doing crazy stunts anymore, like it was, I'm sure, going to be an awesome match. But uh, beyond that, just hopefully uh, get well soon, Jeff, and uh, hope you can uh, get it get it cleaned up. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, I hope so. It's uh, pretty, uh, pretty sick because we had talked about how in that ladder match or no, or, or that tag team match, uh, sorry, because he was supposed to have the ladder match in at, at um, double or nothing, double or nothing. Yeah, they seem like they had lost a step, so makes you wonder. And, and yeah. he just kind of seemed out of it too, yeah. Jeff did, whether he was injured or you know, whatever. Yeah, um, and frankly, like I, I was gonna predict that the Hardys would win that ladder match because you know, we've talked a lot about will they be tag champs. This seemed like an you know easier way to give them the belts in a ladder match, which was kind of their hallmark type match back in the day. No. You know, I bet they wouldn't have had a long run with it, but that would have been my prediction. Clearly, now it's not going to happen. Um, I know AEW just pulled the match as opposed to like saying it's just going to be Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks, but I'm sure they'll announce something. So. Um, yeah, just wanted to mention that. And then one other quick note uh, that also came out today, Andrade and the Lucha Bros, unfortunately, are unable to compete at Forbidden Door due to them working for the Mexican company AAA. And New Japan has a relationship with CMLL, and some factors at bay are not letting them perform in a New Japan ring. So 
also kind of disappointing, but AEW obviously has a huge roster to pick from, and yeah. it's going to be a great show. Yes, sir. <clears throat> All right, now that we got that business out of the way, let's have some fun. Character rankings, power Char- rankings. Power There's power, rankings. power dynamics involved here. Woo! So yeah, like we said earlier, this is a kind of a throwback to the earlier days of our show where we had some heavy, fun narrative threads going on. Not even threads, just it, it wasn't a show for yeah. some episodes. But uh, anywho, uh, it was and will continue to be a big fabric of what we're doing here. So uh, and we've been on extended we, hiatus, but it's yeah. we're coming back. Yeah, so... Um, and I guess we could each kind of, you were kind of talking earlier, your rationale being, you know, from the writing standpoint, yeah, I guess yeah. just kind of expound upon that and kind of how you built your, li- well, yeah, how you built your list. And then I'll say mine and then we'll go over the list real quick. So yeah, well, what, 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 what kind of went into your thinking here? Uh, just uh, quite simply my personal and creative relationship with these characters, you know, just how long these people have lived in, in, in my head. And, uh, the process by which they were given life, you know, through yeah. writing, through the performances. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just, it, it was just kind of that process, you know, it's like, you know, all 10 of these people, um, you know, I have a relationship with to some degree and uh, you know, kind of through examining it through that lens, it, you know, like it was, you know, it wasn't like, I don't want to say it was easy, but it was, you know, like, like I, I you know, was pretty uh, I didn't question a lot of the decisions that I made. They were they were yeah. all clear, and you and I are also characters for sure. But we did not include ourselves. Um, um, we came. Oh, go ahead. I I, I have included ourselves. Uh, but, oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. In a spe- in a unique way. Okay. Well, I did not include. I know we kind of talked about it, but I did not include ourselves. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't rate myself in there anyway because I stink. Um, yeah. But no, I'm kidding. Um, so I'll go over the 16 here. We're going to rank our top 10. And all of these characters, except two, were in multiple scenes or episodes, I believe, on the show. The two being the ghost of Dusty Rhodes <clears throat> and Ted Turner. Is Ted that Turner. correct? Yeah, that's correct. But, you know, both of yeah. those, again, have enough personality. They were one-offs. Yeah, yeah, both in the same episode, The Road, episode mm-hmm. 20, one of the yeah. best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to run through the list here, then we can maybe just kind of chat about it a little bit and then we'll get into it. Um, yeah. you know, just talk about these characters a little bit and, you know, yeah. we can like the six that we don't have in, we can kind of talk through. So, all right, we've got the first kind of OG character, the grand high exec. These are in no real order. That was our boss at Turner smack Boyle, legend of Rome, Georgia, Ghost of Dusty Roads, summoned by Smack Boyle. Also Legend of Rome, Georgia. Yeah, and which is summoned in an old Roy Rogers, which is now coming to Cincinnati after like decades. So thanks, Smack. Uh, You brought back Roy Rogers. (laughs) Roy Rogers. Uh, We've got, of course, Vince McMahon, Triple H, Bruce Pritchard. And then we've got Greg Goldman, we've got Hoagie, Fox Monroe, Jim Cornette. These two many may not remember, but they were in two episodes. It was Ricky Reno and what was, did Tony have a last name? D'Agostino. D'Agostino, yeah. Ricky Reno and Tony D'Agostino were... Uh, they were what Fox's hitmen or you're, oh, yeah, they, they, they were just in general, uh, 
the guys who, yeah the the um voices or the representatives of the shadowy organized crime you yes, know syndicate that, right. that 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 you know loomed over the goldman hour and yes. motivated fox monroe to do what he did and voiced by us yes. wonderfully mm-hmm. uh ted Tur- the aforementioned ted turner ring of honor executive joe Koff, david lynch and toxic micah P-U. You. <laughs> well, I guess, do you want to start? Give me, uh, so who are your six that didn't make the cut? All right. So my six that didn't make the cut, uh, going down the list, Triple H, Jim Cornette, Reno, Tony, Ted Turner. And you forgot Ghost of Dusty Rhodes. And, and Ghost of Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. <laughs> we just had a, we just had to cut out a bunch because our lists were messed up. But I had... Same five as you off the top. Ghost to Dusty Rhodes, Triple H, Jim Cornette, Reno, Tony. And I had Toxic Micah because fuck that guy. Yeah, what a dick. No, I'm kidding. He's tight. But he, uh, I think his story is still to come. Let's just uh, maybe say that. But uh, so, yeah, pretty. I figured we would have pretty much similar thoughts on that. Reno and Tony, again, fun characters, but we're in it very briefly. And it was fun playing them. Like they, they existed out of necessity, you know. Yeah. Uh, Ghost of Dusty well, Rhodes was fun. I remember um, we had the hardest time getting copies. <laughs> getting those takes, yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember how that was concocted initially. Well, like, it, it, it was all improv originally. Well, yeah, was like, it while we were on the call with him? Yeah. I thought so. But yeah, and then, then we eventually f- ended up writing some bullet points. Like, yeah. you know, like we got to get to these areas. <laughs> Cause he, you're right. Cause he couldn't, but the idea we just kind of came up with too. Right. Out yeah, of yeah. There. yeah. He had a good impression. So we, yeah. you know, well, and like, I'd always know that. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, so we, so we kind of ran with it. Yeah. Um, and other choices, uh, Ted Turner, uh, as much as I like our take on that, you know, I think it, it was, it was at the very end, you know, we, I remember it was really late at night and I came up with, we came up with the idea and we start, you know, getting all the Ted Turner actual voice things. And yeah. we didn't really have enough time to dive into things he said. And I think if we had more, it could have been better, you know? So, so the idea carries it long enough. You know, the uh, fact I'm going to tell you him. that's number 10 on my list, just because I thought the idea and execution while could have been better was still fucking hilarious and yeah. was obviously like the pinnacle of that entire storyline you know kind of yeah 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 it was building toward that and it meant it meant a lot in the story and with you know aside from just being hilarious as well but um yeah and then triple h triple h obviously was it was more how we wrote him of just like hey you're kind of our he was the good cop to vince's bad cop um so you know the character itself was just kind of you know, supportive of us. And Diesel obviously did a great job. Yeah, and he did. His best performance was drunk <laughs> Triple H yeah. after he, what what happened? He uh, he sold us out to Vince or what? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I forget his like drunk call too. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, I forget what it <laughs> Come was. Come back to bed. That, that, also that, that, that Stephanie that, McMahon's only appearance. That, that in X. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was amazing. So, yeah, obviously nothing against Diesel, but it was just the character was just kind of bland um, and was our supportive arm in WWE. And then Cornette, 
again, similarly, a lot of fun, fun for me to do, but was just a guest on the Goldman Hour and then the host of the Okerlands, which was awesome, but, yeah. you know, not not super consequential. So, yeah, I guess we'll just kind of go back and forth. Um, Ping pong, yeah. Start with our tens and just, uh, you know, give a comment on our personal feelings on said character, I guess. So, sure thing. Let's go. Who is your number two? Well, I already did my 10, so I'll just start. Ted Turner was my 10, and I just said why. But also, I was the one in the storyline who got to confront him, so mm. a little more personal to me. And, yeah, it was, like, late night. You know, that was an insane episode to make for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think we were just geeking. You know, I think you brought up the idea – long Um, maybe not long but well well, well in advance of us doing it and i think i like doubted it and then we're like let's just give it a shot and i think it still worked out i haven't listened to it in a while well well, it it was a great like you know like we had to make it pay off and there were two ways to make it pay off um there's this book uh by an author named personal everett i like called i am not Sidney poitier where ted turner is a, a, a main character Oh. And um, the, the, Ted Turner in that book is the eccentric billionaire who gives like good like advice, albeit in like weird, you know, words, yeah. uh, you know. Um, so I was like, well, we can go that direction. But like, you know, I feel like if I had a really good idea of what that was going to be, I would have known it beforehand. Or yeah. we could make it like as real as possible and just like cut the real one in. And for me, I was just like, yeah, let's just have like, you know, another like, like have his real voice in there, like somebody yeah. who sounds different, you know, and I thought that it just added to the, you know, the, it being an audio uh, drama, like it adding to the, um, you know, um, uh, variety. Yeah, yeah, the mystique and the variety of voices while also being a good payoff because it was the real one. Yeah, yeah. And for those who didn't hear that, uh, you should check out episode 20, The Road, but we cut clips of actual Ted Turner interviews based on was i asked he and i were kind of having a conversation is that what was yeah, yeah no you, you were you were, you were convincing him to, to let us, us yeah yeah, yeah, yeah to give us our jobs back and give us the free give us the freedom that we didn't to, have originally to, yeah to give us yeah. everything we wanted yes and he which, did yeah which led into the <laughs> goldman thing yeah. um yeah uh my but 10 yeah. yeah you want to do my 10 yeah yeah toxic micah um, okay so we so we were just right there on uh our differences yeah yeah it's he's basically just a meme yeah <laughs> you know like, 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 like the person and the the meme you know it's like looking through a kaleidoscope but it sucks yeah uh yeah uh no toxic mike right i don't know like we get a lot of mileage out of that uh and uh i mean i imagine toxic mike is going to play a bigger role in the future i felt like including him on the list i wanted to make him last place you know, that's kind of what that's kind of what i was going for was just making him 16th oh yeah 10th, yeah so. or just like i imagine him like being in last place in like mario kart like he still has to finish the race you know even though like <laughs> people have lapped him like and he's you know last he's place big, big bowser in the back just yeah he is ba- yeah he is bowser you know and he, and he still gets hit by like a shell like a stray shell and a banana peel that just makes yeah, it even worse a green shell to bounce oh, yeah. off the wall yeah just a I, random. I wonder how close our rankings will be but my number nine is joe cough ring oh. of honor executive um 
Joe Koff was played by our great, great friend, High Five Tom, Ring of Honor aficionado himself. Check out his show, Marking Out with High Five Tom on Visionaries Global Media. Um, but he was awesome. He was similar in the Triple H role before we got to WWE when we kind of had the whole free agency thing. Like mm-hmm. he was a guy on our side, had our backs, wanted to hire us. Mm-hmm. We kind of snubbed him a little bit. Uh, when Vince made that last call, but you know, we told him, Hey, we'll bring you on the show, which we did. And we had, I believe it was episode 30 podcast of honor yeah, where we did a history, you know, deep dive into ring of honor history. All him. Uh, we reviewed some ring of honor matches. That, Briscoe, that Briscoe's match with yeah, uh, it was Briscoe's young bucks Boxing. and SCU. Yeah, yes. In that ladder match, which was the bucks and SCU's final match before AEW. But, um, and then also he um, was part of the Goldman Hour episode at the Okerlands while yeah. I was trying to find cocaine um, for Fox Monroe. So, uh, but yeah, always, you know, Tom put a lot of himself into joke off, obviously, you know, very happy, boisterous, positive, you know, got your back kind of guy. And mm-hmm. he was always so much fun to work with. And I think with Tom and Diesel and especially, you know, Vince as well, Chad, you know, we got to like really know and, you know, Derek and who a lot of these people we worked with that we didn't know before we kind of got to become friends with them is what I'm saying through these processes. So it was funny because I feel like we got to know Tom more as Joe Koff. And yeah. then it's like, wait, we're just best friends with this guy now. We're staying at his Already. house in Milwaukee. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's just been a cool part of this as well. Um, but yeah, my nine was Joe Koff. How about you? All right. Yeah. Uh, my nine, Grand High Exec. Oh, Grand okay. High Exec. Our, our, fir- our first new character. Um, yes. You know, uh, like like the book of Turner stuff, like like the actual Bible passages was some of my favorite stuff to write. Yeah. Um, you know, while the Grand High Exec, I guess, out of all of our villains is sort of, you know, like 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 he walked so the other can the others can run. But no, your performance is great. Like just recording that down in the basement. Um, Insanity. You know, yeah. 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 The, the, the viscerality of it. Um, like it was just, um, you know, like it was just us breaking into it you know for like sure it, it, it was us understanding didn't know, i didn't know what the hell was going on really yeah 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 and it was sort of like you know the story interrupted our show and then you know eventually the the, the our show became the story and this was again just yep. just just the baby steps but um I, I i i guess i can't um say enough how much fun it was to write like those bible verses oh, you know yeah. and, and, and adapt those and some of that stuff in terms of just like diction and just like the words I chose is some of my favorite stuff I've written uh, since I got done with my graduate program. So it was amazing. And not, not to mention the first time I recorded and I'm yelling pretty much as loud as I can. And our landlord Lee is one floor above playing video games. And we come up, he's like, what the hell were you guys just doing? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Um, I'll obviously save kind of more of my thoughts on that. Cause I've got him higher on my list. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let me pull up number eight, Fox Monroe. Mm. Um, this was our main villain in kind of the second major story, obviously, mm-hmm. played by my good friend Griff, who I just went to his wedding a few weeks ago up in the Catskills. Congrats, Griff and Laurel. Love you. Um, but this was fun too, because obviously, Griff is a really good friend of mine. 
one of the funniest people I know as well, but he's uh, a little shy when it comes to shit like this. But if you can get him going, like if he's unscripted, you know, like, and he's just yeah. riffing, he's the, he's the best, but I knew it would be not tough, but for him to kind of get into this character. Yeah, so the yeah. first couple of times we did it with him, he struggled a little bit. I think he was more concerned with his audio being bad. It's like, dude, don't worry about that. Just nail the character. Yeah, yeah. We're, and we'll I think that. Yeah. And as we got going, I think he got more and more comfortable and better at it. And I remember he gave us the line. This He had gotten engaged and was like in the early stages of wedding planning. And he's like, yeah, Laurel is now wife. He's like, you've been spending more time with the Brain Buster boys than planning our wedding. So yeah, no, I'll take that as a compliment as well. Yeah, and, and what an ultimatum. Yeah, and yeah. obviously he, you know, killed it playing the, the, the slimy L.A. agent, liar, scammer, um, yeah. cokehead gambling addict um and you know as the episodes went on and especially in the final two like you could just sense his unraveling um yeah. and yeah it provided a pretty nice epic conclusion of him getting his ass dragged out of there yeah yeah uh yeah i have a lot more to like or i have like my own spin to add sort of about the construction of that character and the the early yeah. and how it kind of came to fruition um mm-hmm. you know fox is a little higher up my list my number eight's bruce okay. um, bruce pritchard um you know uh <laughs> Like kind of um, the next, this one and the next one are kind of characters that I sort of assume were like, oh yeah, they're just going to be here. Um, and yep. they just overstayed their welcome. And I mean that For in a good sure. way. Like, you Absolutely. know, Bruce ended up like the performance in the writing, you know, especially we needed him for the WrestleMania episode. Really, really kind of came through when we needed it to. You mean um, Bruce-a-mania. Bruce-a-mania, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I uh, wound up, he wound up being a lot of fun to write. You know, uh, we had the, and like, Justin the, crushed it too. Yeah. We had the goofy star Trek lines with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it just kind of had, it was something that I didn't expect to work out as well as it did. I, I agree. And I've got Bruce number seven on my list. So I'll yeah. kind of piggyback on your thoughts. Um, yeah. Similarly with Tom and Chad and diesel and Derek and everyone like Justin was someone who was always a big fan, always sharing our stuff, always sharing kind words with us. I then heard him on Bishop's show, uh, was like his first time kind of doing a podcast. He was always such a great supporter of so many podcasters. Oh but yeah, to hear still, him, yeah. He, yeah. And still is of course. Now he's held probably 20 something episodes into his own podcast, the end time wrestling podcast, check him out. Um, but at that point, this was, he was brand new to the actual podcasting part. So I heard him on there. I'm like, he's already good. And I'm like, well, we were kind of figuring out who would play this Bruce character. And I'm like, let's ask this Justin guy. And at that time, we hadn't had a ton of like direct interaction with them. I mean, not really at just all. responding to tweets and whatnot yeah. like that. Oh yeah. No, um, like him playing that role was the first time ever, like, you know, seeing him via zoom or, or I think, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think we started DMing him a little bit before that kind of, you know, telling him about it. And he was obviously a fan. So he knew what he was getting into. And yeah, I think his performance, like you said, kind of dictated, that character sticking around longer. And even when we brought him back in, I think it was be the water, not the rock. When we called WWE to like, yeah, yeah, check yeah. On, and he answered the phone. We were like, Oh, we could just get some receptionist. We're like, no, let's get, let's get Bruce. Let's there. get Bruce. Kind yeah. Of had yeah. A interesting ending with that. With yeah. Him the first time, yeah. And so. there was, and there was still like stuff to do in terms of character stuff. Um, 
because he was in the road too. Like I had a, I told him yeah. off. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, there was still stuff to do. And like, that's a testament to, you know, how rich we found the character to be. Absolutely. You're number seven. Joe Coff, uh, very okay. similar reasons. Uh, you know, someone who, you know, we kind of, it, it was sort of in the free agency, part of a big crowd of just people, you know, we knew kind of Vince, we were building up to that. And like, that was going to be sort of the big thing. We knew where we were going with that, but Joe Coff just happened to be the, the person that was there who stuck, yep. you know, and, uh, the you know, I think that was also not the butt in. I think that was also the first time we'd met Tom via yes, Zoom as well. Yeah. Was that free agency episode fourteen? Well, and it's a great dynamic we came up with because, like, you know, we uh, kept on sort of like putting him off, like we thought he was small potatoes, and then like we yep. sort of realized that you know, hey, we're you know, that was wrong to think of him that way. We're you and I, we are you know, very similar. We are not that mm-hmm. different. So you know, uh, that was kind of a pretty good like sort of mirror for our characters just to sort of see like what we thought we were and who we actually are um and joe Joe cop played that role really well and you know like he's just a real fun sunny character i'm glad like we had him at the very end of the road uh you know yeah kind of on the phone at the end yeah on the phone at the end so like he serves both a dramatic purpose and a comedic purpose um, that's and why like I, a friend and like a friendship purpose. Kind oh yeah. Of. Yeah. And, yeah. Th- and yeah. And that's why him and Bruce played the same role. And that's why he's one higher than Bruce because he serves the dual purposes of, of like comedy and drama versus Bruce, who I think that served more of a dramatic purpose. For sure. And not to mention the birth of gentlemen, how the fuck are you? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the greeting thinking that that was something before that, but no, he just did it then and it stuck. So, yes. uh, Yes. Okay. Uh, my number six, David Lynch. <laughs> I was thinking initially he was only in one episode, but no, we brought him back. Um, Royal Rumble 92, right? Yes. Uh, our 30th or what was it? Uh, the 30th anniversary of Royal Rumble 92, Epis- which was also our 50th episode. Correct. correct? Yeah. Yes. How about that? Yeah. Um, David Lynch, uh, <laughs> kind of circumstantial. We were both, watching season three of twin peaks Mm -hmm. at the same time um in last summer and we just started doing our david lynch voices and And the video yeah oh yeah why don't you talk about the video because you introduced it to me oh lord i think it was me watching a red letter (laughs) media review or something and they brought it up and then i looked it up and then i was like holy crap this is really funny and you know like I haven't seen the Gordon Cole character, you know, it's just so, so funny to me that he talks like that, you know, yeah. uh, Hello? Think, yeah, it's just, uh, he sounds like a, a, like a Midwestern weatherman, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, it, it's just so unique. Um, he too is my number six. I'll go yeah. ahead and, and out that. Yeah. Uh, we're, uh, you know, like it was fun coming off with him or coming up with him for the one-off kind of story. Uh, maybe he'll be back later. I'll just drop that hint for you. Yeah, I mean, you may have heard some weather reports of his in the past few episodes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they've been sprinkled in there. But no, but... that was such a fun episode. I mean, it wasn't, it was definitely a one-off kind of its own story. and just It came together in that. a week. Yeah, and Very that was when week. we did like three episodes in 10 days, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, it was that, that, like that, and then the Marvez interview came right out on the heels of that, I believe. Yeah, and Hot Bugs, I know, was somewhere around there. That was like a year ago, which yeah, is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so much fun to play. Um, and we kind of just were coming up with a lot of it on the fly, like the, the Chicago song, if you leave me now, I think we left one of them out, but yeah, yeah, we did um, leave one of them out. Yeah. 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 I think somehow, but, um, uh, and but then yeah. just the crazy black lodge shit also was a ton of fun. So I think that's one that your buddy Ian and I know some others have said like if you don't listen to wrestling or whatever like check out that episode uh, because it's just pretty weird and wild oh oh, oh, it is and like um one thing I tried to do with that like like it was consciously in my mind I was like well if we're going to bring him into the show we should try to emulate his style like like emulate but not parody and I think we accomplished that you know I was proud of that yeah that was a lot of fun and uh, number five, my phone keeps locking. Number five, Smack Boil. Mm. Um, voiced by our good friend Poppy, who also did Ghost of Dusty Roads, as we were talking about. And I know we, I, we talked about this on like our anniversary episode or something, but Smack Boil was like a fake character bit we were doing in Chicago all in weekend. Me, Poppy, Rich, and Azar. And as you saw with Poppy at Forecastle a couple weekends ago, he's all about like the bits and making up like fake characters and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just fun to kind of run with and, and go all with that him. stuff. So he was in town in Louisville. He lives in Austin. He was in Louisville for the Kentucky Derby last year. Mm-hmm. We were all at a party together, having a good old time. And you know, first kind of just said, hey, do you want to just be a guest on our show? Because he used to be a big wrestling fan. He doesn't really watch much anymore. But then we kind of just made up this character. We're like, we can figure out something for this term or this character smack, smack boil, boil yeah. that we didn't know what we were going to do with. But we were kind of just developing this character who we'd already had the name. And he started using the Peter Falk voice, that actor. Um, that was kind of the voice inspiration. Um, and yeah, the character itself obviously became a very pivotal one and obviously a very unique and funny and um, a great performance as well, even though it sometimes took 50 takes to get it right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he kind of became our key to the supernatural. And then you paid him off to Heckle Goldman. And then was there something else? There was, was there one other thing in there that he did? Oh, David Lynch. I guess, the, 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 yeah, he was in the David Lynch episode. We call him to figure out what to do. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's so, yeah, supernatural stuff yet again. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Smack Boyle was a, a big hoot. Yes, he was. Um, my five is Fox Monroe. Um, this character ha- had sort of a lot of buildup. Um, we were like, we need the agent character. We, we talked about a lot of names and stuff. Yep. And, and it came time to introduce the guy. And, uh, you know, this was sort of the, the thing at the beginning of the Goldman Hour because we, like, built these people up in our heads. Yeah. And then when it came time to actually write these, it was a little bit daunting because, like, they seemed bigger than how I was, you know, how, they, how I was originally sort of generating these people. Um, but ultimately, Fox kind of really grew and grew in a very unorthodox way. Um, and I feel like, you know, um, my writing and Griff's performance kind of grew parallel I agree. with that. I remember... Um, writing his lines and then um, to make it easier for both him to read them and understand the cadences and, and develop the character based on those. Yes. Yeah. And uh, for me just to kind of understand like, Oh yeah, this is what this guy would say. Um, I wrote his stuff in verse, like it's a fucking poem. 
and uh that that really was uh that 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 really was kind of what um the springboard into you know what, sure. what the character was and uh you know like i think that was you know ultimately you know a, a successful gambit and uh you no know, doubt. It, it, and it, even it, the organized crime bit like you had in your head at one point but like we weren't sure how it was going to play out and then yeah. obviously once we got to the end like yeah ricky reno and tony d'agostino yeah. just all right let's shoehorn him in there yeah 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 and, and like you know like i'm not about to say it's water type but you know like I, I thought we did a pretty damn good job with it you know thinking up all possible scenarios what would these people do for um, sure keeping it as you know fairly true to life as possible for being our one you know um storyline that didn't really have much supernatural stuff in it no none at all um quite yeah. frankly but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that, that kind of, um, was a unique, uh, like, like, a, a um, you know, a great way of, of problem solving of kind of, you know, making, making this work. And I'm, you know, I, I really, uh, I don't know, appreciate that. Absolutely. My number four grand high exec. Hell yeah. Um, my reasoning with this, like you said, it was the first one. Mm-hmm. I especially had no clue where the book of Turner stuff, you know, it was more of a concept to me. Yes. And then yeah. you bring, you wrote these verses and I'm like, what, what, what is, you know, still yeah, what, having no clue, you know, our show would even turn into this, you know, it was just, again, a concept and an idea you talked about yeah. writing these book of Turner Bible verses. But in my head, I had no clue what it was going to lead to. So then yes. you wrote it, you hand it to me and, we kind of talk about like the tone that you wanted. And obviously um, I got to screaming and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a ton of fun because it was like the first time. And then you were kind of directing me, you know, more, here's what I'm looking for. Stay it this way. Yes. And again, that was still like heart of COVID what like December Jan- or January of 2021. Yes. So it was just like so much fun when there wasn't a lot of fun going on and the heart of winter um and then just kind of that character kept appearing a little bit and it was still mysterious and then obviously we had the whole cult scene in the woods and (laughs) that's where we really kind of yeah that's what the fuck is going on at turner yeah that's that's where the answers came out and then he came back at the end of the road because we had to you know that that was sort of our avengers end game you know, where like everybody was in it and, you know, it. When I love that lines, his, yeah. his ending, though, was he kind of was just a big, a a big phony tool at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. 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 He, what was he, it? Gregoro, Gregory Horatio. Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Yeah. 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 So yeah. G-A-E or G-H-E. But you to know, us, Grand High Exec, because we called him the Turner Execs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, at the pinnacle of that. But yeah, he just turned into be just some sort of pushover dweeb once we actually got to the CNN Center. You ever watch regular show at all with uh, the with the Blue Jay and the Mordecai and Rigby? It's an animated show. It's like Mm-mm. it and Adventure Time were kind of contemporaries. Um, but uh, they're not. Yeah, it's just a show about these animals who run this park you know like these anthropomorphic animals who run this park and they try to goof off all the time and they end up getting involved in this crazy supernatural stuff and one time they summon this giant this uh giant bearded face or gbf and the giant bearded face is like no i'm garrett bobby ferguson so that's kind of where that came from <laughs> that was sort of the, the 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 forerunner of that idea uh but but yeah i mean like it was um and especially grand high exec at the end we sort of did a wizard of oz thing where he was sort of the twerp behind the curtain you yep. know 
so we kind of pulled that uh, and that was kind of a fun. Uh, Which I loved that nice twist at the end because I wasn't expecting it even. So, well, And the Grand High exec got one on us, made a sacrifice covering me. Um, AEW for sure yeah yeah, again I think the character obviously was huge in our show I got to play it and you know like I said for that just the whole genesis of it was just a ton of fun so that's why uh, he's so up high on my list yes sir Um, my four is smack boil Um, the Swiss army knife of the characters you know something that was you know, for all intents and purposes, shoehorned in where we were just like, let's put this no character doubt. in this yeah. story who has no biz- <laughs> who has no sort of like dramatic or, or like sort of d- dramatic purpose of being in this story. You know, other than, you know, we need our car to break down and run into a weirdo. And here's this guy who we've thought about, you know, for, you know, a little bit and we're we're putting him in there. But Smack Boyle is ultimately the character that like if you need somebody to do something that no other character like that currently exists will do. Yep. Like that's, do that, that, that's, that's who you call on, you know, yep. he is, yeah, he, he, you know, that, that, that level of reliability. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> versatility, <laughs> you know, um, is great. And like, he's really easy to write just cause I can hear Poppy's voice yeah. um, very easily. <laughs> and like, just like, he's re- he's really easy to write just sort of based on like kind of the, um, confidence in that accent i think so yeah yeah. all right the top three i knew we'd have the same three and it had it had to be i I think these are objective you know yeah yeah. the order will be interesting my number three is hoagie okay uh hoagie obviously became the big fan favorite the sentimental hero of the Goldman arc and just brilliantly played by your friend Ian, who yeah. you'd had podcast experience with in grad school, correct? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's who I kind of started doing this with. Yeah. And so obviously you you wanted to work him into the show. Um, initially, Micah was gonna, I know we talked about this on the, the anniversary, mm-hmm. but Micah was gonna play Hoagie. He then left to go to parts unknown. Rehab. And yeah. <laughs> So I think we had Ian pegged for Brian Buster initially, which he has yet to come in, our lawyer, who we've, of course, talked about. And he's been mentioned, but we haven't had him on yet. But we're like, why not Hoagie? And boy, the life that he brought to that character and the improvisation. I mean, he was just not only like mesmerizing us, but just making us laugh and was such like the heartbeat of that whole oh, arc and like who be. everyone was cheering for. Yeah. And like Tom and Azar and others would be, you know, giving me like all the, what they wanted Hoagie to do. And it was really cool. It's like this living, breathing thing that like at least a few people, friends of ours mostly are like interacting with us about and that is still malleable to some degree. Not that it, changed what we were doing but uh yeah hoagie i think captured the hearts of america um and yeah he became the world yeah he became a way more pivotal character than i ever saw him being and i think that was you know largely due to your writing and ian's performance and yeah i figured he'd be a little higher than three for you but um you know these top three as you said are pretty significantly higher and they they could all be number one so yeah they all um, they all have a, a claim to it for sure yeah so hoagie's my three who's yours vince um okay vince uh oh man like <laughs> where to begin started, well, 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 well this is one where like the performance really started it and uh i don't know like i think for vince like 
it was sort of fun because it was just like Chad's just really like, you know, gravelly and loud and can just, he can just sort of go on and go off script with it. Yeah. Um, so the performance is sort of, the performance I feel like existed long before the writing. I think yes. it took, I think it took a minute for the writing to catch up to that because like, we didn't know what Vince kind of wanted or what he was about until the, you know, I like, I want to make everything suck thing. And then yep. that's kind of, that's kind of when like the synergy for me happened. You know, mm-hmm. like I feel like Chad sort of, you know, pulled all like pulled all the weight up until that point. And then kind of when that sort of happened, uh, it became, you know, like it kind of, you know, synthesized and, you know, um, elevated and kind of became sort of the, the fictional kooky kind of, you know, round and third headed straight for your asshole kind of uh, thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously, um, Vince has probably made me laugh the hardest. Oh, no doubt, especially the first few recording sessions with him. Like, I remember, like, before I had a mic with, like, a a cough button where you could just hit it and it would mute you. Like, we were having to, like, cover our faces and nose so we couldn't, like, so our laughs weren't being picked up. I remember rolling on the floor at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was amazing. I had Vince as my number two, so we'll just go on to that. Um, I remember initially wanting Chad to play like Dan Callis or someone, someone else like in the that. free yeah. agency Who's just because play Vince? yeah we had no idea like well because at the time I think we were like let's wait on Vince but then we realized like oh no we gotta bring him in like he's the key now yeah like, making this phone call to us like mm-hmm. that's the moment so then I don't remember like Chad I think he he lobbied for it like he's like I want can I play Vince and I'm like yes. yeah sure because like mm-hmm. I mean I knew he could do it. And then I remember he said, like, I feel like I was born to do this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, his impression obviously was amazing. And just where he kind of took that character uh, himself. And yeah, so much ad-libbing off script shit that would make us crack up. Like it got to the point where I couldn't even remember what you wrote and what he came up with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, like I said, it had that, you know, synthesis, you know, of kind of performance, you know, but it was like a lot more less like on script and a lot more like just kind of off the, you know, like yeah. like it, it was back whenever like things were a little bit less scripted and it was more a series of bullet points, yes. you know, um, and, and, the, 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 and he kind of operated in that area the best. Well, and just the fact that like, obviously Vince was a big villain from like episodes 15 to 20, basically. And then once we meet up with him and be the water, not the rock, and he and Greg kind of have their thing, like, then he kind of becomes more on our side. So it was like a nice evolution of Vince's character through, he was pretty key to both arcs. And then we had him on for the Survivor Series episode, which is a classic. And if you haven't heard that... I don't remember what number it is. Oh, I mean, that, that, I mean, that's, that, that, that's the most him, 49. It's the one right before 50. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He's that's the most him you'll get, you know, yeah, like, so like just unabashed, like, like 30 reviewing 40. an entire pay-per-view survivor series 98 with our Vince talking about what real Vince was doing. It was fucking phenomenal. So, yes, it was. Yes. Vince McMahon. I'm sure he'll be back. You're yes. number two. Uh, Greg. Uh, Greg Goldman. Uh, I mean, what can you say? Like uh, the biggest buildup out of anything we've done, like just, just, just pure, just, just build up and humor and seeing the Twitter accounts and just letting it grow and it becoming a larger than life thing, but also like an imperative, like a thing that like must be done. Um, you know, like, like 
it was daunting to have to do, you know, to, to, <laughs> yes, to write to, Greg. And, to and write like, a character based on a real human being oh, that we and, don't know. And I think we benefited <laughs> from just like bringing him in like really, really slowly. Yes. Um, but then when the Goldman Hour kicked in, like when we needed to have, like I remember putting together you know, the shit Cincinnati episode. And at the very end, like that, that, that sliding into it. it. Yeah. Sliding into it. And like, we had known beat for beat, how that intro would sound you know? <laughs> for since December, basically yeah, since December. Yeah. We, we, and we, it was we, September. We knew how it was going to go. And yeah. uh, like, <laughs> you're right. That theme alone had been yeah. percolating for several months. Like I mean, you would play it and just put it on fucking loop when we're four months out from even yeah. doing this. Yeah. And like, so, yeah, when the when, like when the spotlight was on, you know, like like it, it, it delivered, you know, it was oh. exactly what it needed to be. And Derek has probably given the best performance out of anyone. Like Derek had to carry an arc, you know. Derek yes. was was the POV character, uh, like 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 the the main character for you know a, a whole arc, and uh, had to make his own fucking show. And had to yeah. ad lib a lot, and had to go on script, and like, yep. man, you know, absolutely uh, murdered it. Like, 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 what he has given me is one of the best compliments anybody has ever given me a writer, and he didn't say a word, you know, like it was just his how he, you know, he just took the material and ran with it, and I was just like, wow, you know, yep, like I was just taken aback and impressed, and you know, most importantly that he had fun doing it, you know, like again, each and every week, it was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. All the, both the early shit with Vince and Triple H and Bruce. And then that with Ian and fucking Derek, like every week we'd look forward to it. And yeah, it was a hell of a lot of work and yeah, it's been nice not putting that much work in, but it was obviously worth it at the time. And yes, clearly some of our best shit in that arc, no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Part of the reason it's been so hard to write a new story is in my mind. It's we got to follow that. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to top that. Like, you know, the, yeah. the next the next thing, you know, I have to feel inside that that it can be better. And yeah, like, and I like, totally I, agree. I'm getting there. But it's like, man, you know, it, yeah. it, 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 it's, you know. Pretty de- like, like, I don't know, it's a like, challenge. It's a challenge. And I mean, just nothing more I can say just about how like that delivered you know like my number one greg goldman yes sir yeah i mean to add obviously again just the fact that this was a real person who had has insane opinions on the internet that felt like not a real person but was and then had multiple twitter accounts because he got and we just would watch it because it was fascinating and then mike mike and, is like your, your your local greg goldman um historian uh but again just that we created a fictional character based on a real human being that we've only experienced on twitter but we felt like we knew you know like we felt like we knew the real greg goldman but it's like how do we make our character different from that yeah you know because like our character isn't greg goldman it's or isn't the real greg goldman it's our adaptation of such yeah and yeah just the way it did evolve and yeah the slowly bringing him in and yeah we knew we were doing the greg goldman hour for like six eight months oh yeah but to not know what the hell it was gonna look like or be like or sound like or how long it was it gonna be you know like i was kind of first thinking like it was gonna be like 
you know, the majority of our episode yeah. initially, but I thought the way it worked out was perfect. Like mm-hmm. opening monologue guest, you know, one in the beginning, one towards the end kind of broke up our shit. Yeah. And yeah, just the creativity behind all of it from your end, especially uh, Derek, of course, on the performance side, it was just a marvel to watch. And, you know, Greg, you know, there was so much thought that went into it that yes. he did become sympathetic as much of like a goon and a prick and everything else that he oh, was yeah. we were we, we wrote ourselves into that we wanted to make sure that he still yeah. had a heart and yeah, wasn't yeah. just a villain asshole it, new it, york prick and that kind of naturally evolved man like i can't tell you how many times that, like i watched i've been watching recently and this is a good show and i don't mean to trash on it is um for all mankind on apple tv plus it's basically an alternate history where what if the Russians won the space race and landed somebody on the moon first. Mm. And it's basically an an alternate history of like what it would be like, you know, the space race kind of continues and like sort of the competition, it doesn't really show the Russian side, but it shows the United States side in NASA and all that. And there's a lot of scenes, you know, that like there's a lot of drama within the space program, but then they go home and like these, astronauts will have arguments with their wives who are trying to be astronauts and like the drama just seems a little manufactured and with greg it wasn't like that you no, know not at all yeah yeah uh, it was it was a sight to behold yeah um, so tell us about hoagie i'll tell you about hoagie um <laughs> i guess you know to, to to talk about him on his own before i kind of compare it in greg and why i chose the one two with them um Man, like, you know, we willed this person into existence. This person just had no basis in reality, was a completely fictional person. Um, just a that name. Had, yeah, that, that, just a name that had a lot to do. Um, and that was really, that was kind of the the, the mirror through which each character um, in that arc developed. Like, anytime you interacted with Hokey, you know, you found out something about yourself. You know, yeah. you dug deep into to yourself and you, and, you know, it was a whole lot about, you know, uh, understanding where you're at in your kind of emotional state. Um, and one thing about Hoagie too, that I think really was effective, I think was originally we made him Greg's foil, like the optimist to Greg's sort of just constant rampant cynicism and, and critical nature. But, uh, you know, he wasn't just a blindly, op- he, he, act like he's dead. He isn't like such a blindly optimistic character. You know, and I'm glad like we didn't write our way into that because that would have been the easy way out. But Hoagie to me represents like acceptance, like Hoagie accepts that, you know, there are bad things about the world and Hoagie has come face to face with, you know, he's been through a lot of them. Yeah, been, been through a lot, like in the past that we've hinted at and in sort of the whole um, exploitative, uh, you know, nature of like Fox Monroe and like kind of you know, what, what, what he did and how Hoagie had to see, you know, somebody bringing Greg's worst impulses out in order to give Greg what he thought he wanted, um, you know, the attention and the, and the uh, validation that he craved. But Hoagie is someone who like accepts like the bad part of the world and isn't just ignorant of them, but like tries, you know, in what he does and what he says to do like the right thing, you know, like, like someone who's not like blindly optimistic, but some, but again, Hoagie to me represents acceptance and uh, like, um, and kind of the, my reasoning for making them one and two, um, both performances delivered, you know, in their own unique way. And one can't rank above the other because I think they're both symbiotic. Um, no doubt. But the fact that Hoagie kind of came out of nothing, I think is the biggest success. 
you know, just, 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 you know, the, the, he was the, the people, he was the people's champ, people's champ, like the, the, the coming from the coming from nothing versus Greg, which we, you know, we had an idea of what he wanted to be and that, that evolved, but, uh, you know, uh, for Hokey to work, I feel like was, you know, uh, 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 the, 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 the biggest success out of all of it. Should we just have our episode picture be Vince McMahon eating a hoagie? That, oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. Well, that was a ton of fun. Um, just obviously looking back, thinking back, I didn't really go back and listen to anything. Um, we, I was thinking, you know, and we could do this, but maybe in a future episode we can like do, I don't know about a greatest hits, but I was thinking if we like went back and played some of this shit uh, from some of those episodes that maybe yeah. some people hadn't heard before, but, sure. well, and we said we need to get Greg and Hoagie back on the show at some yeah. point too. For sure. No, we need them. We need them back ASAP. But yeah, more to come on that end and uh, let us know what characters were your favorite on uh on, um, wag my finger like that on, on, twitter, on twitter which we have not been active at all lately at brainbuster boys Yeah, so let's just uh, let's just kind of breeze through dynamite. I don't want to go match by match, segment by segment, but let's just kind of hit on the higher notes here, as we are now thirteen days from Forbidden Door. Um, okay, so uh, we had the battle royal to start the show. So some big, uh, I guess we haven't recorded since CM Punk. Uh, the injury news came out, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, obviously yeah, that's been when, out now for a while. But did that so that like just came out like via news, right? That wasn't like something that it was announced on not this past week's of Rampage, but the week prior. So it's so, been like a week and a half. Wasn't an in ring injury? Out. Yeah. So it was the two dynamites ago when he tagged with FTR against oh, the, the, uh, the, the Gun one. Club and Caster or whatever. Yeah. It's like when he jumped off the rope, he like landed on his foot weird. It, yeah. I think it ended up a broken foot. I don't know if they ever like officially reported that, but he had successful surgery. Um, so, yeah, he's out and we need to crown an interim champion, Is which I don't still- love yeah. that they he- do this interim stuff. But and now they think he's going to be out until like the end of the year, right? It's gonna I be- think so. Yeah, I think it's so. The- yeah, what, is- what a tough break. That sucks. Absolutely. I mean. You know, obviously, right after he wins it, at least he got that moment, you know, and obviously he's going to be back, but, you know, he ain't getting any younger. Um, But so it's a weird scenario here where we have Moxley waiting in the main event for the winner of this battle royal, the winner to go on to Forbidden Door to face. Now we know Hiroshi Tanahashi, who defeated Hiroki Goto at Dominion, which Goto was never going to win that match, but it was still solid. Uh, but I like the matchup because Moxley's been kind of calling out Tanahashi. I honestly thought that's the direction they were going to go to begin with. Oh, uh, well, I'm already getting ahead of ourselves mm. now. But anyway, it's going to be Mox versus Tanahashi. It's going to be yeah. awesome. But uh, the Battle Royal, I thought was pretty good. Um, I didn't love Andrade as the Joker only because 
we've gotten conditioned to being used to some sort of big debut as a Joker. And I get with Andrade, it is kind of a re debut, uh-huh. but they've kind of lured us into expecting something big. It's like, why, why did he have to be the Joker? It's not like they announced who all the participants were anyway. Yeah. So he could have just been in it normally. Um, but you know, it was still pretty good. And, uh, the final four was what like Wheeler, Utah, Phoenix, O'Reilly and, um was it andrade um, oh no or was, yeah, yeah, it, was. it was andrade yeah so great final four wheeler yuda was fresh back from best of the super juniors he got a nice ovation made it to the final two i was going to be thrilled with either yuda or kyle o'reilly winning and my boy kor got the win but what'd you think yeah uh i mean i actually thought um this was Dar- one of darby's better matches in a while you know, I feel like oh, Darby, yeah. like ever since he lost the TNT title and kind of, I guess, as the sting stuff has run his course has sort of been wandering in, in the mid card wilderness, if you will. But uh, yeah. yeah, like I, I thought he had a he had a pretty good like, you know, during the middle of the match, he had, you know, got his time to shine. Ultimately, he was taken out. Was it Yuta who flipped him over? I think been? that's right. Yeah. 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 But um, but no, I, I, I enjoyed this, you know, definitely was like a good way to kind of kick things off and like, you know, a good way to inject some incitement, excitement into it because yeah, the CM Punk title reign would be fun, but you know, he's not losing in the first little bit. And now, you know, uh, anything Game goes. On. So yeah, yeah it, it seems like, uh, you know, definite, like a bit of a story, like reset a little bit, like a temporary reset, a detour, yeah. if you will. But, you know, it kind of feels good uh that, that that that's happening uh but yeah i uh no i i enjoyed this a whole lot like kyle o'reilly you know that, like him or wheeler you was probably going to win it and think we'd see phoenix or andrade yeah um, in that match at the end but yeah i was very happy to see o'reilly win um so he faces and lost to moxley later in an awesome match which we'll discuss but um yeah, so um, then we had the announcement of the All-Atlantic Championship. Yeah. Why do we need yet another belt? Yeah. It's not a trio's belt. Yeah, and, and like what a weird thing to make like Atlantic, you know. And guess, like yeah. they're getting a lot of flack for like Japan and China flags being on the belt, which I get it. Yeah. They're not on the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, but – Whatever. It's getting a little watered down. Um, but so quick look at the bracket because I got it up. We've got Buddy Matthews versus Pack, which they just had a match this week on Dynamite that we'll talk about briefly. Miro and Ethan Page, Penta and Malachi, and then a New Japan entrant, which they're having like a mini tournament. And it's like two jobbers. <laughs> Actually, it's mostly jobbers and Ishii. So Ishii, yeah. I'm sure, is going to come out of there. But yeah, this just uh, doesn't feel that necessary. Yeah, no, it doesn't really seem like it feels very necessary either. It just kind of... And yet another little tournament here, like right after the Owen Hart Cup, which was pretty underwhelming overall. I yeah, mean, and, and like, well, I think you're getting like Miro, Ethan, you know, there's some like decent wrestlers in there. But yeah, you know, again, it's sort of just another... I mean, it just seems like it's just something for a lot of these guys to do who aren't in the championship picture, you know, and... I wish they would just invest in more like storyline stuff. Storytelling. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Rather than here's another belt. Um, yeah. Micah and I were actually texting the other day and he said he's been like pretty cold on AEW yeah. recently. And I'm like, you know what? Not, I'm still very much enjoying it, but we've kind of hinted at this recently, but like from revolution to now, like 
it hasn't been hitting me as much either. And yeah. frankly, New Japan has kind of overtaken it now for me. But by and large, I, it's still much better than WWE, in my opinion. And I still think they're doing a lot of great things. But the bloated roster, I think, is real. We're really starting to feel the effects of that. Yeah. And they, and they don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, they're, exactly. they're or they're in the process of trying to figure it out to kind of glass. Like we've got this whole Ring of Honor thing just sitting over here, and again, I know that's that obviously is going to take time to figure out, and I would like to think that that'll kind of smooth over some of these issues. But yeah, I totally agree, and I was going to say it like let's invest in stories and interesting stories as opposed to just here's another belt and fight over it because. Yes. As much as I love good wrestling, and that's what this company brings often, like, and the stories are mostly pretty good, I feel like. Not all yeah. the time, but they've really been slacking on that. And I think Double or Nothing was a key example. Like, mm. when we were previewing it, and even when it played out, it's like, man, this one just doesn't quite have the same feel, especially as the previous three, maybe four pay-per-views. So Yeah, oh, yeah. Didn't have, like, the proper build. And even with the title change, too, you know, just not as much momentum. Nope, nope. But hey, uh, maybe uh, Forbidden Door will give them a new injection of life. Um, Pack and Buddy Matthews, it was swift, about nine or 10, 12 minutes, but you got to see, you know, finally, I've been calling for this forever for singles matches with the Death Triangle and House of Black. So this was probably your first Buddy Matthews singles match, but yeah. the guy can fucking work. He's yeah, he really did. good. I, yeah, I kind of um, wasn't really sure who he was, and I thought it might be a little yeah. more squashy, especially after like the the lengthy battle royal. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, you know, I he's thought it was, really good. Yeah, both of them like 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 a good matchup, similar body types. Yeah, so he kind of started to break out more like once he got on his own in NXT and WWE because he was part of a tag team and caught a lot of comparisons to like Kenny, you know, in the way that he works, obviously he's not as good, but that works that similar fast paced striking style, but yeah, yeah, buddy Matthews is awesome. So happy. We got to see it. We're going to see a rematch in that all Atlantic tournament. Um, Yeah. Pac got the win. Um, So Eddie Kingston called out Jake Hager, which was surprisingly a pretty decent match on Rampage. Oh, and then we had Will Ospreay. So his uh, he showed up dynamite debut. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, again, with Forbidden Door so quickly approaching, we knew they were going to start working in some New Japan mm-hmm. talent. So it was great to see him. And they had the six man on Rampage. He and Ozzy Open against FTR and Trent which was also quite good. But I think the New Japan guys or United Empire guys probably should have won. But anywho, um, yeah, it's going to be nice to see whoever Osprey faces is going to be awesome because I don't know who it's going to be. And he just won the IWGP US title at Dominion. So I'm sure they'll probably give him a pretty good opponent. Um, yeah, I can who that might be. Imagine. I don't know. Uh, I hope it's not just Trent Beretta, even though, again, I really like Trent, but they've kind of had this mini little feud and Mm. he had actually challenged Kenny for the first IWGP US title. So there is some history, but if we're doing a big super show like this, I think you can give us something better than Trent Beretta. No offense, because I do, I do, I do really like the guy. So not trying to throw any shade at him, but um yeah hangman and david finley so quickly just want to say and i know wardlow talks about it a little bit but the fact that he and hangman weren't in this battle royal is criminal 
You, yeah. you, know, you have the guy who was just the champion. Why does he have to sit out this battle royal? Yeah. And Wardlow, who comes and says, I only want to beat CM Punk, so I'm going for the TNT title. It's like, come on. Yeah. It's just a flimsy, flimsy excuse to yeah. me. For... Yeah, just to get these guys out of the way when they really Correct. belong. Correct. Yeah. I know they'd already, so in defense, I know Hangman and Finley, the match had been announced prior to Punk losing the title. So, you know, I get it. It was already booked. Yeah, they could have scrapped it, but um, whatever. Again, match yeah. was good. Finley is a guy who's, you know, I don't want, he's not a jobber, but he's definitely like lower end of the card in New Japan. But when he gets a time to shine, he's pretty damn good. Um, he just doesn't get not, you know, as much opportunity as a lot of guys, but he's going to be in his first G1 this year, which will be nice. And yeah, I thought he had a pretty good showcase against Hangman here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought he did too. You know, like, I think like, once again, another thing I expect to be pretty squashy was not, I guess, good to see Hangman back so soon too. I mean, you yeah. know, I guess he already had his long break. Um, and I mean, it seemed like, you know, the crowd was kind of behind him maybe a little bit more than like during the end of his title run. You know, it's kind of good to see him get back that old uh, swagger and that, yeah. kind of, you know, that, that that old feel to hangman matches where, you know, there was really something at stake. A little more urgency. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then he, you know, gets on the mic and he says, you know, I uh, want to be IWGP champ and I want Okada. Well, too bad Okada lost. And then. Adam Cole came out and basically said that uh, his good friend Jay White might be champion, and he is. Um, and he eventually told Hangman to stay out of the way. Yeah. I don't know if – I hope we just get Hangman versus Jay White singles. I hope they don't shoehorn Cole in there for a triple threat, but it might happen. Uh, I'm just – I Cole – I don't want to, I don't want to talk down on him and we've already kind of talked about it. He's just gotten a little stale and like he and hangman already had a long rivalry. So we just don't need to see like, yeah. this just keeps happening. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I think they need to go their separate ways and I think they would benefit yeah. from it. So if they do the triple threat, I'm sure it'll still be good and hopefully that'll end it. But of course. Yeah. So we just kind of got to the Wardlow thing. Yeah. Um, and he's going to fight 20 security guys this week. So that'll be fun. Um, you know, again, this is kind of a being the elite story play, being played out with Mark Sterling and everything. But yeah. it'll be nonsense. It's fun. And, you know, I guess it gives uh, gives uh, old Wardlow something to do. Because, it's again, it's tough since he's now built up and protected so much. It's mm -hmm. like, what are you going to do with the guy? Yeah, I guess he's uh, probably going to beat Scorpio Sky at some point sooner rather than later, considering how the TNT title is a hot potato. Uh, you're you're yeah. probably right, so, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I hope I would love to see him fight someone at Forbidden Door, but again, we just don't we don't know enough about it yet. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, yeah, then there was the promo for the ladder match that we know is not going to happen, and Thunder Rosa and Marina Shafir. It was a match that's now getting a lot of attention on the internet for folks calling out Thunder Rosa for, quote, sandbagging and not selling. And clips kind of emerging of her seemingly making it difficult for Shafir to perform moves on her. There's been a lot of stuff out there about Thunder Rosa's frustration stemming from the discussion we've had of her barely being on television since she won the title. So... 
it's a shame if she really did go out there and kind of motherfuck Marina Shafir because that's not how this should work. Yeah. Um, and I just hope whatever issues are going on can be mended because as everyone knows, we love Thunder Rosa here. Yeah, no, she's been th- th- awesome. Th- this is her big moment, and that kind of stinks that you know, yeah, there's just not a lot of good that seems like it's coming from it. Correct. So hopefully it can kind of turn around and uh, let's get her a real opponent. Yeah, no, for real, or a real feud, you know, yeah, exactly. like, like, yes. like something like, yeah, like some sort of juicy like storyline where there's microphone work and stuff like that. Like that's been horribly absent, you know. Has she had a rematch Correct. against Britt Baker? Like, like why not do that? Like, you know, even though it may be very like expected and typical, I think it could, you know, like you know, it'd be fun. Yeah, well, at least yeah. after this match, we did get Tony Storm come out and yeah. kind of pick up the belt. So. Hopefully that can kind of lead into some sort of long-term feud. Cause I think that would be really good. Yep. Uh, then there was some Jade stuff and yeah, the main event. So uh, I thought this match was wonderful. I did too. Um, yeah. I, this, was, I, this, this was a, a hard hitter, man. Like these guys, yeah, you know, I love both of these guys. Obviously uh, I was even kind of pulling for O'Reilly, even though I wanted, or I knew Moxley was going to win, but yeah. O'Reilly's got some new Japan history. So it could have made sense, but uh, you know, made it appear that he had a chance to win. Cause he fucking gave it his all. And you know, a lot of strikes in this match. Uh, Mox ended up choking him out at the end. Right. I know you just watched it recently. But yeah. 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 He, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, a t- I believe it was a tap out. It was yeah. either that or, or maybe like one final like paradigm shift. Cause oh, a yeah. lot of that shit, a lot of that and suplexes and just stone, like hard, like you know, slaps. And, yeah, yeah. Like it, it <laughs> was like, well, and, and what, yeah. And, and, and it wasn't like, you know, one guy was writing down on another, you know, they would like hit each other and they'd both be kind of standing there staggering. There was one point where oh, they yeah. both like double close on each other and they just kind of laid limp on each other for a little bit. Very, very yeah. strong style match. Indeed. Very competitive. Yeah. Yeah. It was a yeah. very enjoyable, good wrestling match. Agreed. Yeah. On a show that I think was a very much mixed bag oh, last yeah. week. Uh, that no was MJF def- obviously is, you know, yeah, pretty big which, gaping hole. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame. No MJF, no CM Punk, no Kenny Omega for Forbidden Door. That's yeah. a shame. Yeah. Again, there's still enough talent that this is going to be great. And I hope that they do book some more premium matchups like Zach Sabre Jr. Brian Danielson. Like yeah. that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, um, Kyle O'Reilly's the man. Mox has been on a hell of a run. That match with Daniel Garcia the week prior, I thought was awesome too. Um, so now I guess let's just talk a second. I mean, you have not seen Tanahashi. Obviously, you know about him and have heard me and Azar and many others talk about him. You know, he's on the tail end of his career, not in his prime, but can still go, is still one of the greatest of all time against moxley a former champ so i'm gonna put you on the spot right now who's winning at forbidden door are we gonna have well it's weird like is mox technically a two-time champ if he's just quote unquote interim it makes it confusing i would want to say mox is whoever it is you're gonna need that guy to be on tv like driving storylines for the next few months and and, and through another pay-per-view because it doesn't seem like cm punk is going to be back in time you know, so yeah. I think, you know, I think like that kind of almost forces your hand there unless, you know, they can just get Tanahashi on loan and, 
you know. No, this thing. So with the timing too, with the G1 starting in mid-July, the only way Tanahashi's going to win is if he flips it back. So yeah, that was yeah, yeah. something I didn't even, I was going to mention after. So <clears throat> yeah. if they could get him for, you know, a series of months similar, like with uh, Kanosuke Takeshita from DDT, like they've apparently got him for like a year. He's yeah. over here. And he's obviously doing shit at other promotions too. He's just kind of doing his American tour because I don't think he's ever done an extended one here. But yeah, yeah if the timing were different, maybe they could do that. But Moxley's probably going to win. I mean, yeah. it would be as cool as it would be to see Tanahashi win this match. Um, I think Moxley's going to win. But Moxley title reign number two. Like, yeah, I mean, and I yeah. mean, yeah, now it's going to be fresh again. And he's in the Blackpool Combat Club. It's kind of a, you know, definitely a fresh coat of paint for Mox. Yeah. Post rehab, Mox has been a fucking badass. You know, he's yeah. obviously gotten in better shape mm-hmm. and has been a lean, mean fighting machine. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm strapped me in for a second Mox title run. I'm down. Yeah. Buckle me up. Belt and seat. Belt and seat. And, uh, I guess uh, it's time to say bye-bye, huh? Yep, bye-bye. I guess NBA bye. Finals coming on right now. Right now. Right now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>